0: This is John from the com podcast, and I'm continuing on now with this series that I've started looking at the words of Jesus, and I want to now look at the words of Jesus where he first began his ministry, and the very first things that he did and he said were to bring together those who were to follow him, to bring the 12, and we'll have a look from John chapter 1, I'm going to read from verse 35 down to the end of the chapter. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold the Lamb of God. Now, John is bearing testimony to who Jesus was. He is the Lamb of God. He is the one who was sent to become the sacrifice because that's what the Lamb was. And certainly under the old covenant, they used to sacrifice lambs as part of the sin offerings and so on. And John understood this. John the Baptist understood this, said, Here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this. And they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following, and he said to them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said, Come and see. Now, these two disciples recognized that he was the teacher because they had been told this by John. John had told them that uh, they should follow Jesus who was to come after him. So he said, uh, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus, and Jesus looked at him and said, so you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Now these all of these different names for Simon, son of John, Cephas, Peter. Um, Peter means rock or stone, and what this means is he said, "You are a rock. You will be a rock." And he became a rock and a stone in the foundation of the twelve apostles, in the foundation of the church that the Lord would have them set up. Now we go on in verse 43, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now this is important. The very first thing that Jesus said to all of these people was, follow me. Now we need to understand that. We need to become followers just like they were followers of Jesus Christ. Now there are various stages that we can look at in the Uh, in the walk that we take with christ first up when we first hear the word we become a disciple secondly as we begin to learn we become a student of christ and we begin to learn what it was that he said how to apply those things in our life to be transformed and the final stage is we become a follower and he wants all people to be followers of him now a follower is someone who walks where the leader walks they put their feet where the leader puts his feet they follow exactly the path that jesus set before them it wasn't a case of he would say look um go over there or go over here or go over there he said follow me follow him and when we follow him we don't veer off the path and there are many teachings in the Bible about uh, staying on the path. You know, it talks about the uh, the path is broad that leads to destruction, but the path is narrow that leads to life. And that narrow path is the one that Jesus walked, and he wants us to follow him. And by following, yeah, when we follow him, we should put our feet where he put his feet, so that if you were to f- see these 12 apostles following Jesus and they walked up the beach, it would appear as though there was only one set of footprints because they all put their feet where he put his feet. And that's the degree of um, the degree of accuracy we need to take when we follow Christ. We can't follow Christ believing what we want to believe. We can't say, well, look, I'll follow Christ, but I'll take this route out to the left, or I'll take this route out to the right. We can't follow him any other way than in the teachings that he gives us. And sadly today, in many of the churches, there are a lot of false doctrines and false teachings in the churches that take people away from following him, basically, because they are not following according to his words. They are following according to the words of other people, other men who have said, look, you need to follow like this. and uh, But the Bible says, well, no, that's not what the Bible says. And Jesus was very upset with the Pharisees because they weren't following according to the words of the law and the prophets. And if you read Matthew chapter 23, the whole of that chapter is where Jesus is going, woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Now a hypocrite is someone who says one thing and does another. They say, we are following you, but then they do the opposite or they do something different. He talks about the Pharisee who stood up uh in the in the synagogue he went there and a tax collector went there and the pharisee stood stood up and said lord i'm glad that i'm not like other men you know not even like this tax collector he says because i fast twice a week and i tithe of everything that i've got you know he's basically saying look how good i am and that's arrogance and that is not following christ arrogance is not part of the christian covenant because we're taught to be humble Whereas the tax collector, he wouldn't even lift his eyes up to heaven, but he beat himself on the breast and said, Lord, save me a sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you that that tax collector went away justified more so than what the Pharisee did because the Pharisee was so full of himself. So that's important. When he says to follow, he means follow him exactly. He has a path. There's no deviation from his path. You know, there are some people who teach you don't need to be baptized. Well, that's not what the scripture says. It says he who is baptized and believes will be saved. You know, there are some people who say um, there are all kinds of strange things that uh, is part of Christianity that is not written in the Bible. And so it should be rejected. If Jesus didn't say it, if his apostles didn't teach it, if it's not written in the Bible, then leave it alone. It's not truth. Because Jesus gave us the truth. Everything we need to know is written here in these words. And that's why I'm focusing so heavily on Jesus' words in this series. Now will go back to uh, verse 43. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Beth- Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Okay, so Nathaniel was a bit of a sceptic, and Nathaniel said, well, Nazareth? Surely there's nothing good in Nazareth. And I know that there are places in this world, there are places probably in your own towns, in your own cities, where you would say, I wouldn't go down there. Nothing good ever comes out of that place. But it's not true. It's not true. We can't generalise like that. And that's what um, Nathaniel was doing here. He was generalising saying, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite, indeed in whom is no guile. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Now what Jesus had done is he had exercised a word of knowledge he had knowledge about nathaniel he had seen him he had knowledge about who he was and what he was like and he spoke that knowledge and nathaniel just believed he said wow you know no one could know that and yet jesus saw him no one could know whatever it was that he uh, he was doing there but jesus saw him and so he said, you must be the lord god you must be the king you must be the rabbi and jesus answered him because i said to you i saw you under the fig tree do you believe you shall see greater things than these. And those greater things, I mean, we see the works of Jesus right throughout the uh, um, the four Gospels. We see the works that the apostles did in the uh, book of Acts. And we see many, many things. And many of those things can still take place today. Now, there's a reason why they don't take place today as often as they did. And one of the basic reasons why, and I've already alluded to this, is that We are not following, the broad church is not following Christ according to his direction and his will. They have veered off. There have been false doctrines allowed to penetrate the church. The devil has done a real job on the church in the last 2,000 years, and he's brought in all kinds of false things, all kinds of wrong teachings, all kinds of evil. Now, do you suppose that the Lord would trust anyone who is teaching evil to do those kinds of works that were done back then? I can't see it. I can't see how if someone is teaching wrong things that the Lord would give them the ability to be able to do miraculous works because the miracles, the very purpose of miracles was to back up the word. Now we'll read that when you get over into Mark. If you you want to read in the end of Mark chapter 16, you'll see that the purpose of the miracles was to bear testimony to the teachings that were being taught. And unfortunately, if someone's teaching false doctrine, why would God want to testify and back up those words? He wouldn't. And that's the simple truth of it. And that's why we don't see as many of those miracles happen. Now, they do happen. I mean, I can be a testimony to that because I've seen a few myself. They do happen today, but not to the extent that we saw them back in the days of Jesus and the apostles. They had the full truth in the beginning. Jesus was there. He had the full truth. The apostles learnt the full truth from Jesus. And so they had the truth. But in the past 2,000 years, the church has wandered away from the truth. And there are a lot of things in the church that are just wrong. They are not part of what's written in Scripture. And so the Lord is not going to bear testimony to what is false. As he said, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these, verse 51. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And this again just shows the power of who Jesus was. And we saw things like the transfiguration where um, um, God spoke directly to the apostles. And there were many instances like that. And so this is important that the first thing we need to learn and understand out of uh, this section of scripture from the words of Jesus is to follow him. And that's why I'm focused on the words of Jesus. If we're going to follow him, we have to know what he said because it's his words that are key. We can't follow the lies that have been brought into the church. We need to go back to the source himself, Jesus Christ, and find out what did he say? What did he say? And then we can follow him. So, this is John from the free gift of God.com podcast signing off. I hope you have a great week ahead, and I hope you'll join me again next week as I continue on looking at the words of Jesus.